1: Hello and welcome back to the Golf Practice Podcast. My name is Andy Hayes and it is Tuesday at noon. Um, that's the time that I spend with Jansen Misreck and Peter Lionweber in our back room. Guys, um, how's it going? Going
0: well. Good to be back. What's
1: up? That's it? That's <laughs> it. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as you know, this... Tuesday podcast covers three segments. It covers the biggest golf story of the week, uh, according Huge. to us, um, something we're fascinated by this week, and then also the question of the week. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. Um, the biggest story of the week, according to me, this week, is that Paul Casey hit a Persimmon driver 300 <laughs> yards on the driving range.
0: Carry, 300-yard um, carry.
1: 300 yards carry. Um, and it was on Trackman, so it had, what, 190 ball speed or so maybe 180 i'm not totally sure but either way it's a long way for the driver to be hitting especially a persimmon a persimmon is a wood driver so these are old old uh equipment um the the reason that this is a story is because lately in golf people are kind of the usga is releasing distance reports talking about how kind of technology is is making the game uh, is, is ruining the game. You know, if you turn to certain sections of, of Twitter, as I'm sure Pete could tell us, that, um, <laughs> uh, they would say that the technology is ruining the game and it's making it too easy to hit it too far. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's like Bryson, like look how far Bryson's hitting it. He, he's ruining the game. He's taking these ridiculous lines and, and he, it's not the way golf's supposed to be played. But then we have Paul Casey who takes this old ancient club, not ancient, but, you know, 50 years, 30 years, I don't know. 80s still using persimmon in the 80s? Yeah. Yeah, yes. 80s. Okay. So we're yes. saying, you know, 30 years old, 40 and hits it, you know, a comparable distance to how people are hitting it today. Um what what do you guys think about that?
2: I I saw something that the 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 wood he was hitting was like a custom made one, which I I guess obviously it would have to be custom made cuz there's not too many of those clubs around or okay. or one that could handle the golf ball he, he was hitting. So I assume he was hitting like a normal – I shouldn't call it normal, but a golf ball that you would use nowadays, like a range ball or whatever. And a lot of the times when you hit those persimmon woods with one of those hard golf balls now, like they break. And mm-hmm. so I, I wonder if this persimmon wood was actually one that was made – to be able to handle that kind of impact, and that's oh, how so he was able was to it get three hundred. Just like a conspiracy, juice. I think it, it could have been Did he corked. Juiced. The bat <laughs> it wasn't an authentic persimmon. Well, no, I mean, I think it was. It, it looked legit. I saw the picture of it, but I just, I, I think the guy that made it for him makes it to be able to hit hard covered golf balls with, which is
1: cool. Do you think it had a jailbreak speed frame with an AI face like Callaway? It could have been whittled in there
0: i think we need more details i think we need more details
1: on the club i was not expecting this take of like wow what if it's not a real persimmon regardless though it's
0: pretty impressive
1: it's
2: pretty impressive i mean look at the size of the club head Mm -hmm. you know regardless of if it's corked or not right you still have to hit the sweet spot on
0: this tiny little wooden head it's like the size of a hybrid so it's like if you were able to hit a hybrid a 300 yard carry that'd be that'd be pretty pumped Yeah. yeah It's impressive regardless. Yeah. But we just need more details. Yeah.
1: Also, well, the greater implications <laughs> that I was thinking about... <laughs> crowd. Everyone, there's arguments of, like, is the driver too big? Is the golf ball going too far? So if they were to actually come out with a new rule that, like, you can't have the driver be as big as it is right now... um he, his thing is kind of showing that, well, people would still be able to hit it just as far. Yeah, people would still be able to hit far,
2: but could they hit it as accurately? And I think the answer to that is no. And I think, I don't know. I okay. think with the big club heads, the forgiveness is more of the issue, in my opinion, than the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that hit it far are always going to have an advantage because they're always hitting shorter clubs. Mm-hmm. So, regardless if, and this is like one of my favorite arguments, is like, Don't grow the rough out to make the course harder because the people that hit it far, even if they're in the rough, they're still hitting a shorter club than the other guys. Right. So they have more loft and more speed than the other guys to cut through the rough. So it's like it's obsolete. Like that's not a good way to defend a golf course.
0: And Bryson proved that that's not effective because like you saw Winged Foot, you saw how much he dominated that golf course and they grew the rough to preposterous heights. Inches. Yeah. And then he he goes out and wins at Bay Hill, which is traditionally a course you need to hit the fairway, and he was actually dialing it back a little bit. He wasn't ripping drivers with a 195 ball speed like he normally has been lately. So um, I think that's, to your point, that's not the effective uh, response to to try to dial back the distance, I don't think, at least.
2: I think you need to add curve back to the ball. Like more more movement you know less predictable ball flight to just like make it more interesting so if you you get these tiny club heads or these persimmon thing you know types of of clubs it's a lot harder to hit because it's smaller smaller sweet spot yeah doesn't mean you're going to hit it shorter necessarily but you might curve it a lot more which i think is kind of cool
1: counterpoint i have a callaway mini driver that's like a little bit bigger than a three one i hit yeah. it just as far as i can hit a driver
0: do you hit it straighter
1: yeah. That might have a little more confidence to do with it. But um When
2: I think th- but that's the same argument you can make about this persimmon wood. You hit it just as far.
1: Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, right. okay, so then do you think that I mean I have gained thirty maybe thirty yards of carry in the past two years based on changing things in my swing and based on track man understanding uh like angle of attack and launch conditions and different things like that Mm -hmm. so don't you think that has just like more to do with people being able to hit it farther it's just humans are getting smarter
0: could be yeah absolutely certainly plays a role in it yeah
2: or at least be able to hit it further faster right like Maybe in the past, like, oh, I don't know why I'm hitting it so short or it's taking me a long time to, like, gain this distance. And now you just hop on one of these launch monitors and TrackMan Tracy will literally tell you what to work on. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, if you change driver angle of attack from, let's say, minus 2 to plus 2, that's, like, 30 yards. Potentially, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so if people didn't know what angle of attack was 30 years ago, like, how it, they wouldn't have any idea of how to right optimize it. And certainly when you when you
2: look uh look back at some of those small club heads and and how low they were kind of teeing it up those those small little drivers like sure looks like they were kind of hitting down on the ball
1: yeah mm-hmm. you know
2: and, and uh what's what's the one movie with um the greatest game ever played right and i know that's like you know there's a lot of huh. whatnot but you see the ball flight on there sometimes and it's like yeah. it's low and then it like balloons yeah. up it's mm-hmm. like bro, he's like smothered, stinging that thing in there. Like, that's a spinny golf Great film, great film.
0: (laughs) Do you think there's a problem? A distance problem?
1: No, I don't know. I don't care. I I just don't like, I don't, I don't...
0: So you're not answering, you're just saying you don't care. I don't care. You don't necessarily think there's not a
1: problem. No, is there a problem? No. Like, what, uh, people they say, like, oh, you can't Like, bring the U.S. Open to Marion anymore because they hit it too far. You know, Marion, I don't know, Mm -hmm. where's New Jersey or something. something. East Coast, yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Marion has a full membership in a waiting list. Like, it's not like people aren't playing Marion anymore. Like, there's plenty, of course, around here. Like, Chicago Golf Club, Skokie Country Club, uh, Shore Acres. Like, these places are full. Everyone's playing them. It's not like they're (laughs) they're turning into pitch and putts the way everyone seems to be talking
0: about. And Marion, too. Like, I think the winning score there was one over in 2013, if I remember correctly. Justin Rose won, beat Phil down the stretch. But, like, that wasn't, like, embarrassed by distance like some of the other U.S. Opens have been. I mean, look at Aaron Hills. Aaron Hills is, like, 800 yards longer than, than Marion. And I think Brooks finished at, like nine under or something. I have no idea what the actual number was, but it was significantly lower than Marion. So I don't think it is as big of a problem as people make it seem. Because you can't just like lengthen a course and then be like, all right, we've solved it. Yeah,
2: there's clearly really so much real estate, right? Right. You can't just keep adding tee boxes. Yeah.
1: And that's, yeah. Well, we saw this last weekend that Lee Westwood was right there. with. He beat Bryson. He doesn't hit too far. Yeah. He's probably not sustainable. He's playing really good golf, but... <laughs> But still, we have like this forty-seven-year-old guy who can play good golf versus someone who's hitting it really far. Um, Speaking of, some yeah. of it's a little overblown.
0: Speaking of Lee Westwood, if I can change the topic here a little bit, I, watching his missed par putt on seventeen just brought me back to so many missed short par putts that Lee Westwood's had in <laughs> big tournaments. Oh, come
1: on, be nice. <laughs> I like Lee. Oh I do.
0: Gosh. I'm just saying, like he's just been so close. Quality ball striker for. Ages can't right? close it out. Quality yeah, balls forever. The
2: gear, but the the putter is uh it's been the detriment. I'll, I'll
0: say something nice about Lee Westwood. He looks better now than he's ever looked, and he's forty seven. <laughs> Does he not? I mean, he's I think got that's this. That's You said during the
2: break, who yeah. is
0: aged better than yeah, Lee Westwood? Yeah,
2: seriously, no one. <laughs>
1: wow. Um. Did you also see Rory's quote after he missed the cut? Oh
0: God. Yeah
1: chasing distance right he said he tried to copy bryce he like bryson's u.s open win like made him change some things in his swing and it didn't work out and so that's another example of like people who would say it's too easy to hit it far like well rory is having trouble Mm -hmm. but also like i don't know doesn't that speak more to people should just be more happy with with their strengths um as opposed to trying to copy yeah, someone I else, think Rory Ooh. hits
2: it plenty far. I mean, who was leading the like driving until Bryson yeah. went on this this crazy transformation? Yeah. And it's like Rory, like you hit it fine off the tee, dude. Uh, yeah.
0: And if you look to to that point, if you look at if you look at Rory's like stats, um, his strokes gain stats, I think he's ranked third in off the tee. Yeah. And then I think putting he's like a hundred and fortieth. Like yeah, on average over the last five years, he's like a hundred and fortieth on tour. Go so, get so like a putting if you're lesson, Rory. Yeah, if you're looking to gain strokes on the field, why are you trying to hit it farther and not working on your your putting? Well, I don't know. And he seems like a very analytical, smart guy who would notice that and not be the guy that falls into the the Bryson trap per
1: se. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm just it's it's t- too soon in this experiment for people to start, you know, jumping to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Like let's just wait and see how it plays out. Um do you know in in the last ten years, like how many people each year average three oh five carry on tour? Do you have a guess? In
0: the last how long?
1: Like ten years. Like how many each year? Oh just average. Yeah, average. it can't over, yeah. be
0: very many. Carry three oh five. That's yeah. a long carry. I, I don't yeah, it can't be very like many. Two two players on
2: tour. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. between like
1: zero and four each yeah. year. Yeah. And so
2: what what's the average? Like one or not one, uh two like two eighty ish? Yeah, maybe a little more yeah. now,
1: but still it's not not that far. Yeah. I don't
2: mm.
0: know. Mhm. Yeah. It's interesting how how distances changed in just my lifetime too because I remember being in high school and I watched a ton of prof- professional golf back then and like I remember thinking that like 280 that's a long mm. a long drive. And now it's like 280 like it's a 3 wood for yeah. like a lot of guys. So it's just even in just a short decade, it's changed a lot. I don't think it's bad for the game, as a lot of people are saying, but um, it'll be interesting to see what the the USGA and RNA do in the next couple of years, if anything, because they they've said for like five years, like, yeah. okay, we got it's, this plan, and then it's, it's ridiculous. like they keep pushing it off. So yeah. we'll see.
1: I mean, it's fun to hit far, and it's fun to go on TrackMan and try to get like your longest drive or longest carry, but then watching some of these tournaments, and I like how lately they start putting like ball speed up there, and like. Mm-hmm. Colin Murakawa won. It was, seemed like he had like below 170 ball speed on his drives, like every single drive, which I can do with every shot. So then it's making me think, why would I try to even hit it farther? Like, mm-hmm. why would I try to hit it farther than Colin Murakawa? Like, that seems silly. Like, you know, I should work on yeah. other, other parts of my game as if opposed you hit, to. If
0: you hit your irons like he does, you don't need to hit. One eighty ball speed, yeah. like and I he's... do hit
1: my irons like Morikawa, like yeah, yeah. Or better. Jansen can attest, like maybe not, be- I don't say, be- <laughs> I don't want to say better, but I'm pretty good at irons and recovery if, shots. If
2: Colin came in and challenged you to a TrackMan rounds, I mean, watch out, Colin. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah TrackMan, TrackMan golf, or just like hit hit a drive in the trees and then try to hit on the green from there. Like I would feel Couldn't confident, more. yeah, uh, yeah. Taking okay. more Morikawa yeah. on in that mm-hmm. challenge. So. I don't think he'd be into it because he's in the fairway every time, so it's not quite the same. You might have to change your nickname to Jailbreak. Hmm. (laughs) I like it. That's like Jailbreak
2: technology and the Callaway driver. Yeah, but then also like getting jail from Uh the trees. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of layers there. Yeah.
1: Last summer, I shot even par at Evanston Golf Club, um, hitting only one fairway.
0: Well, the fairway stat is just. It's irrelevant, I think.
1: No, but these these but I, I'm, these no, misses I don't mean to were not, not like these were not like it. Ro- it was a good drive that rolled a yard into the rough. It was like these the are in the trees, <laughs> uh or like we're the next hole over.
0: One fairway. Yeah. Do you remember what hole it was? It
1: was a short par four that ha- it was on the front nine that like goes. There's like a houses behind it mm. kind of and i hit a high it was for the hybrid and i kind of chunked <laughs> it but then i didn't make birdie so it wasn't even a good got it yeah oh no two that i hit it's i hit number the five or something one. yeah it's
0: goes like away from the core like the clubhouse yeah that
1: was a. yeah yeah okay um all right uh, we're on to our next topic something that fascinated you do you guys have anything from the past week Cause i do
0: why don't you go first
1: well, mine's the best, so you really want to lead off? You want to follow it? <laughs> I mean, yes, go.
0: I'm okay following it.
1: All right, if you don't want to follow it after this, that's okay too. Um, so I've lately been rewatching the uh, Apple TV Plus show Ted Lasso. Mm. Familiar with the show?
2: No, I'm not.
1: Starring Jason Sudeikis, it, it won the the Emmy award for like best comedy. Uh, it's about a it's based on a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> about a guy who's a football coach in America, but then he goes and coaches a English soccer team. Sounds like it would be awful, but it's really the most joyful and happy show that that really exists. Because this guy, wow. is just, this guy is a uh, he. He plays this coach who's kind of in over his head, but he's just like so positive and just is building people up all the time. And it kind of ends up like winning over all these cynical people and changing their lives. Like even though he doesn't know all of it he, he's just really uh you know really encouraging and really uh caring towards all these people so um it makes you think a lot about coaching but also just kind of life in general um in, in one of the scenes he he talks about a quote um let me find it here walt whitman do you know who walt whitman is i've, I've heard yeah. that name yeah. is he? i don't know like he's just a guy that people quote a lot. I think he's yeah, a poet right. or something, yeah. but it's yes. like I don't. He has to be an author, exactly but it's like right. this is a quote by Walt Whitman. Everyone is like, oh yeah, like I know who that is, but like oh, you only yeah, know who legit. that is because you've heard someone say one of his quotes before. So, um, <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: but yeah, but the stuff.
1: A quote that he said um, is from Walt Whitman, and it says, "It's be curious, not judgmental." Okay. Be curious, not judgmental. And he is talking about, he's just talking about like growing up, all these people who, and he was saying like, who like picked on him or something. They were not curious because they're curious. They would have, they would have asked questions, but they were, they felt like they had everything kind of figured out. Right. So like, um, and I was thinking about how that can relate to, uh, to golf or to our, you know, our lives or our coaching and, or our approach to the game. Um, I was curious, I was curious if you guys, can think of any ways that um you see let's start with this people that you see people being judgmental and not curious um whether in your lessons or whether you're playing with them on the course
0: so golf related sure
1: okay wanna
2: start yeah uh i i feel like body language is like a big way that can maybe show some insight of the what people are thinking internally and of of like a facial expression like for example if, if peter's you know uh green side and he's got a tight lie and he's got plenty of green to work with and he pulls a 60 degree wedge and starts taking these huge flop shot <laughs> rehearsal swings and i look at him with deer in the headlight eyes and just shake my head in disgust and look away yeah. and then you know he proceeds to maybe put it a foot away from the hole or even better hole it out you know what was I thinking? Oh, this young lad does not know how to play proper golf <laughs> from this situation. Or what a risky play! Why would he ever do that? Hmm. Little do I know, it's his best shot and favorite shot to hit. You know, oh. who am I to judge that uh, that wasn't the the right thing to do? Maybe I was standing far away. I didn't see that there was a sprinkler head in the way or something that he couldn't play the bumper night. Who knows? There's like there's always there's always a backstory, and I think. If you don't, if you aren't curious or you are judgmental to begin with, then you got to take a pretty hard look in the mirror and say, like, are you really asking all the right questions or like, who are you to be judging these people? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, you can put that into so many different, so many different contexts of, of, or examples of, you know, why would you, why would you shake your head at that person before they do something that like, maybe you've never even done before, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so,
0: Yeah no i think the not to you know overdo it on the bryson talk but um at first when he started doing this chasing distance i was like i didn't really like bryson so i was like what's he doing like is this really gonna work is he gonna really gain he he said like i think last year pre-covid he's like i'm gonna go gain like 30 or 40 pounds and just hit the ball a mile basically that's essentially what he said and then he did it and then it started to work a little bit and then work a little bit more and then work a little bit more. And then he obviously eventually won the U S open and several other tournaments. So it's like, I kind of sat back for a second. I'm like, yeah, you can not like him just the person Bryson, but like the golfer Bryson, he was curious. He was curious. He went out and he went out and found uh, not a loophole, but an advantage that he could give himself. And it worked Mm -hmm. and it's worked for over a year now. Who knows if it'll be sustainable, but he won a major so that's a pretty big deal. He won a major at a, at a very historic US Open venue, so um, he was curious and then to the point of like my personal experience, I remember playing in uh, the sectional tournament in high school. I think I was a junior that year. Um, this kid named Nick Hardy, who is kind of a... Um, I think he's on the web.com tour now. He um, was my age and he was playing against my teammate in the playoff for the individual uh, medal medalist in that tournament. It was at Winnetka Golf Club and On number one there was where the playoff was, and it's a short par four, maybe 325, 330 from the tips. And all the two kids that teed off, I think it was a three-person playoff, the two players that teed off before him hit like a six iron or something because it's like the fat part of the fairway there. Um, And then he pulls out driver, and I remember being like, "What is he? nobody hits driver on this hole, or at least very few people, especially in this situation. And then he just pumps the driver to like 20 feet. Two putts for birdie wins the wins the playoff and wins the tournament and I thought sat back and thought to myself I'm like I'm sure people saw his club selection were like judging him like what are you doing you have a chance to win why are you risking it all because that hole is fairly tight and I mean he he took on the risk exactly
2: and it, what he was doing exactly yeah. and it
0: worked out in his favor obviously he's a really good player now and and, and a professional golfer but nonetheless it takes it takes some some uh, confidence to do that so I thought he was or people would have been judging him from afar and then it it worked out in his favor and they weren't curious.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting way to look at things cuz you can see there's so many times when everyone just like assumes they have something figured out that that like they don't. Um in I I think when it comes to people just like playing golf in general or learning how to play golf, um like how often have you seen in a lesson where someone hits like a bad shot and then they tell you What happened there but it's actually the complete opposite of what happened all the time like like, oh i closed my face so much and it's like actually no like your face was technically a little bit open it was a club pat you know whatever but like everyone's like oh i have this figured out and very it's almost like why do you think it's so hard to just like sit in like the unknown of like why why something happened
0: like it's uncomfortable. No, for it's people. extremely
2: uncomfortable. I think you don't know. You want to face those demons. Yeah. You know, it's hard to ask those tough questions, especially especially internally. Yeah. You know,
0: think about being in class in school, like when you're in grade school or high school, and like the teacher asks a question your and you're teacher. sitting there, you don't know the answer. You're like, please don't call me. Please don't call me. Like, that's what mm. the feeling is. I feel like it's the unknown. You're just <laughs> like, please don't pick mine or call my name right now. Yeah. So. I'm not prepared. <laughs> yeah that happened to me a lot if you guys didn't know. <laughs>
1: Peter, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoot. So would you say, so then what do you say like the first lesson that people should learn is to be curious, not to be judgmental? Mm. Because if if they're not, if they step into every shot with what you were saying of like you're you're afraid of not knowing the answer, then that's going to hinder the, hinder progress.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Peter that's, Donahue that's and I
0: were we talking yesterday about um one of my students, Mason Klein. He's Six years old he I think this is not hyperbole, I think he's one of the best putters i've ever Straight i've ever up? worked with or seen, and I think and I was talking to Pete about it, and I was just like I was in shock because he beat me in a in a putting contest, and I was trying i was not I was not like oh i'm going to let him win he's a six year old like I normally would with other students his age, but he makes everything and he's got no worry about the next putt or about missing it, and Pete was like, yeah, at that age he doesn't know. What the public knows or what most people know, like the fear of missing a putt. Like he doesn't know, like oh, I'm supposed to miss this 30 foot putt because mm-hmm. you're going to make what five or six percent of them. He's just thinking this head is like, oh, well, the goal is to get it in the hole, right? Well, so I'm going to go. That. I'm, I'm going to go get that. it in the hole. Yeah. And it's like that. I think that if, if more people could think that way, which easier said than done, mm-hmm. um, it, golf would be a little bit easier, maybe.
2: And unfortunately, it's going to be some, you know, old golfer guy, you know, that's just kind of likes to talk loud that's going to come up to mason one day and, and he's going to have like a three-footer and be like oh hey there son that's a real <laughs> knee knocker you really yeah. you better focus here and make yeah because you'll miss those more often than not and then he's going to start thinking and mm-hmm. then before you know it it's you know he hopefully he never becomes like the, the other golf <laughs> population that <laughs> does think like yeah. that or or hopefully he can um you know make his own his you know pave his own path but yeah uh yeah, hopefully some old geezer doesn't come out <laughs> yelling things. Like Seriously, that. <laughs> better really focus here on your routine. These three footers are
0: too yeah. Tough. Like you, you hear your mom in your in your head, and you're just like she's just saying, "Be careful, be careful." Like no matter what you're doing, yeah. and then all of a sudden that applies to your your golf game, and now you're sitting over a five foot putt. Be careful, so. Mm. That's no offense to my mom. I'll, I'll, again, I'll shout her out two weeks in a row. But, but that's more of a good thing in other parts of life. But in golf, I feel like there's some times where you just got to be curious and not judgmental. So That's fascinating.
1: Well, thanks. Do you guys have anything or do you want to move on to the question of the week? I have a quick one. Yeah, yeah I do too.
0: And again, I'm bringing up Bryson for the third time today. But that top that he hit oh, off the tee, yes. um, what hole was that? Do you remember? It doesn't really matter. Four, some, I don't know. It's but on the s- front nine. Speaking of the ball speed thing flashing up on the screen, <laughs> I think it was 155 ball speed for a top, mm. which is pretty quick. And that's why the ball, like, if you if listeners, if you guys haven't seen this, look it up. But it, like, goes up and then immediately takes a nosedive right in the water. And it's like, that's got to be a lot of topspin on that ball. And he did it again in the next shot, I think, right? Didn't he well, no, chunk it? He hit
1: it, to the right. he
2: hit it way to it. the right. Okay. Yeah. Well, cracked his four iron, apparently.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah, of course. for iron. But I was fascinated because I'm sure a lot of golfers watching that were able to, to relate to one of the best golfers in the world, um, probably the best in the last, you know, 6 to 12 months, or at least top two, so that was interesting.
2: And, and uh, Westwood followed him up with the biggest banana slice you've ever yeah. seen, so it was like, who, who are, are these seeing? guys?
0: Yeah. That's where you hear Tiger in your head, and you're just like, get way
2: right, get mm. way right, yeah, way yeah. right. <laughs> Um, uh, my, my fascination uh, thing this week would be um, a little more gym related um, as you could probably expect my other obsession. I started this, um, this certification uh, through a company called Bush uh, Institute and so it's a, I'm working on this credit hour thing um, to be. To become a human movement specialist, which oh. sounds super bougie. But really, what it is, it, all it is is just... your almond coffee? Who are you <laughs> turning that into? Oh, my God. Next thing, I'll work on a nutrition guide. I'm just kidding. All right. um, so anyways, uh, basically what it is, is just like a more in-depth understanding of movement, but the anatomy behind it, which is something that I've always been pretty interested in. Um, and I just finished like my first two credit hours of it and like holy crap like i took the practice test there's like a little 10 question test that you have to take and you have like two attempts and then you can like move on to the next session or whatever mm-hmm. so like i took the practice test like five times until i got 100 <laughs> and then like i was like reading all this and it was like way harder than i thought there's like all these terms things like, oh my god Like i thought i knew these things or whatever and then i took the test and i like got a 50 on it the first time I'm like holy crap like i don't know anything like, <laughs> at all. But I'm like watching all these, but it is absolutely fascinating. Just like what's inside of us, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and how, like what the first section I was reading was, um, about our into in internal oblique system, um, internal, but then there's like external obliques and then there's our transverse abdominis. And so it's like these three integral parts that play, um, a part in, um, keeping our spine stable um, and giving our spine movement and healthy movement, and then also engaging our core. And so, uh, there are all these like awesome exercises and plank progressions that you can do to strengthen these muscles. But it's like they're all interwoven, and these are muscles that you don't see, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're deep inside of our core, um, but there's ways that you can get to them by you know, doing these cool progressions and all of this stuff. And I was just like, it was mind, truly mind blowing. So I am, uh, I was extremely humbled this morning by failing that test. <laughs> um, but then also extremely excited to like continue to do that. Cause, um, I think as we're, I kind of to loop it back around to your question, Andy, of like, I think it's easier for us to, it, hopefully it is easier for us to be curious at the end of the day than judgmental of, well, why would I need to know all of these crazy Latin terms about muscles rather than, well, actually, what's the origin of that and, like, where is that muscle mm-hmm. or, like, what does that do? Because um, at the end of the day, it's like, that's really cool stuff to know um, about our bodies and how it could help us in the future to move better, you know, and safer or faster, like Bryson, you know? Yeah. Oh. So um, cool. that's cool. my fascination thing. Cool with, title, like, too. Yeah.
0: Human movement specialist, is that what it is?
2: Yeah, that's what the certifications called. Gosh, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow, so, very cool. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see how it goes.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Our question of the week, somewhat similar to, you know, past topics, but I feel like it's good to kind of build on things we've talked about before. Um, if you had to, or I guess you have to, because this is the exercise. Um, what? And this is kind of this in response to to Mark's response to our response to Rob. In the first um, episode of these, really of, building, where where he his his, I feel like other people may have had this response as well to to your guys' advice of like if you want to get better at golf, like play uh less play fewer clubs or or play from a from a tee box that's mm. that's up and and the 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 pushback to that was kind of like well I only have one or two rounds a week. Um, We only have six or seven months in the golf season. Um, So so I want to play for a score and post number. Mm -hmm. So if you were to try to convince someone or or offer them an alternative, um, what other reasons could you give to play golf that would be valuable um, other than putting a score up? Mm -hmm. And could they be... Do you think they could actually be seen as being as valuable as that score
0: can you repeat the first part of the question
1: let <laughs> me just talk for five minutes which part
0: the very first part like the what? what's our advice to the people that are responding or yeah, what's our response you know, to you're the people op- responding you're,
1: a common response that people would have to to saying like play from a different tee box play with different clubs or maybe like as in your case, play, play left-handed as they would say, well, I only, uh, all I want, like they only see golf okay. as a, I'm going to post a number and then I, th- like basically I, I'm going to make a score that then I can have a number that relates to how I played that day. A very practical number. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I guess, do you guys think that that should be the only reason to play golf? I think. And, and if not, then, like, why, like, what other reasons could there be?
2: Yeah. I mean, if that's what fascinates them, then do it, you know? it. I think, I, I remember Peter Donahue saying that one time of, like, I think you asked him the question, Andy, something along the lines of, like, would you recommend doing this for other people? And he said, if it's something that, like, out of the gate doesn't seem interesting to you, then, like, I actually encourage you not to do it. You know, because mm-hmm. you could ruin it for the others. Not not that you would, sure, but sure, sure. Um, you know what I mean of like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if nobody's forcing you to do it, but we could only encourage you to say. And so I guess that's what you're getting at is like, what are those things that like we could say to encourage people to actually give it a try? Right. And I think the number one thing for me is like, like rate, rate the shots in the round you know on a scale that that of like your enjoyment or like your execution of of these shots rather than, than the score sure you can put the score down but like challenge yourself to go hit the same shots that you'd be able to go do but with a limited number of clubs or something and mm-hmm. um and I think too just like hey yeah you only have one round a week or you get limited things but why make it the same? Why do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result? Like, try and break through and do something new. Uh, I think doing new things or things that challenge you or things that that you might be um, a little bit hesitant to to at first are important to do as as a human to to keep progressing. And and if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, it's kind of hard to expect a different result um, at the end of the day because I think... You know, those guys, you know, they always want to keep shooting better and better. Um, and, ho- and, you know, Mark and I know Rob, like, they work on their games pretty diligently and they put time into it. But I think, you know, the average golfer, they want to shoot better and better every week, but they want to use every single club they have. And they, and they might be hesitant or resistant towards changing their process. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you're, kind, you're in your own way. Change something up. And whether that's playing with a limited number of set, playing from a different tees to get a different result... You know, that would be my argument. Get out of your own way.
0: Yeah, I, well said. I think for those that say, you know, I only have one round a week or one round every other week and I just want to go out and play my normal game with my 14 clubs and try to shoot a low score, good for you. Then then do that. Uh, sometimes the destination of whatever your goal is of shooting, breaking 80, breaking 90, breaking 70, shooting under par, whatever it might be, sometimes the journey is actually – the more fun part than actually the, the real destination. So um, it's the chase, you know, it's, it keeps you coming back. Uh, there's, you know, there's a there's a thing about golf where like you hit that one shot that keeps you coming back. So I don't know if it's necessarily the wrong way to go about it, but if your goal is to eventually shoot under par, as in Rob's case or, or anyone else's case, then there are a couple things you can do to help you get there. But if you don't want to play up a tee or if you don't want to play with less clubs, then, then don't. But maybe give it a try once. If you don't like it, then, then don't do it again. But I think that you said last week, Andy, and, and Jansen, you as well, um, people think that the 14 clubs actually is going to make you play better than the eight clubs or the nine clubs or the seven clubs. But in reality, you guys have found out from experience that that's not necessarily the case. And that just because you had those extra clubs doesn't mean that you had the shot in the bag that you didn't have with less clubs. So um, that's something I, not, I never would have known probably a year ago or 2 years ago, but now that I've actually tried the the limited set, I've started to notice that that's actually the case.
1: And I'm not necessarily thinking about this as as about like pursuing a goal of of scoring better, like not that like, sure. hey, I want to score better, so I should play with less clubs and that's going to ultimately get me to play better because that's still all about score. Okay, right. right? So it's just a way to practice score. That's like what your guys advice was, which was good advice. I'm thinking more about how I don't know, I guess there was a time where I used to play golf and really, like, the only thing that mattered was, like, the score that oh, I shot. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like I could, it's, did I, at one point it was, could I break, could I break 40, right? And it's like I was always trying to to be able to shoot in 30, you know, shoot in the 30s. If I did that, then I, like, felt better about myself, like, that day. You know, mm-hmm. I really, until next time you tried it out. Um, but But since kind of, like, thinking about some different things, I like, see people who are still like, I guess in the place where I used to be. So it's like, yeah, okay, of course you anyone is free to do whatever they want. Obviously, like, enjoy golf however you want. But I think th- there's other ways that you could enjoy golf in what would, you know, this is where the question comes from, like, perhaps be a more, like, valuable or meaningful way to and spend your time, you know, mm-hmm. in relation to the game as opposed to just, like, only caring about the score. Because you think about... How many times you see people who, you know, everyone has I think their number of what they would be like pumped up if they shot right. that day, right. and then if they don't, and that's different for each person. If they don't do that, they're just like really angry and frustrated. And if they do do that, they it's like, oh, I shot shot seventy today, and it's like, oh, cool, good, like great job. And then it's like the end of that, and I don't think it ever <laughs> gives people like the payoff that they that they actually wanted. Yeah. Um. And so I, I guess this is kind of more of a question of like what, what parts of golf, maybe it's like focusing on different parts of, of golf that could, be, that, that could be, bring value to people. Um, I, I guess here's a question for you, Jansen. When you, are, you spend lots of time in the gym, um, in the, is it 100% like results based for you? Okay. What, what is, what is it then? Um, so I, I think
2: uh, a lot of, for a lot of people, when they start their fitness journey, it is results. Cause in I will, everybody I think is a culprit of it. And, and if you're not, then I, I want to meet you. But um, I think we all start our journey in the gym because we want to have big biceps or something like that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's cool to see your body change whether you, you're trying to lose weight or maybe you've been like, in my case, I was always, like, a twig and super tiny and skinny, and I was, like, tired of being skinny. Like, I wanted to, like, look like I had some muscle on me and, like, not have to watch out for a high gust of wind, I always joke <laughs> about. Um, and so I think results are cool, especially physical results, right, yeah. aesthetic. Um, what I got into more at the end of my college career where uh, – I was still training and doing things and then especially when I moved up here and then when I was started uh training at Pulse and learning how to box and then eventually coaching there it's more about the performance for me like how can I train my body to number 1 be pain free to move better and more efficiently than I ever have and then and then be able to to have fun doing it and so um so no it's not results based for me it's more it's more performance I think performance at different seasons right so like in the winter i enjoy strength training a lot and putting on some size and strength but right now like i'm tapering off or or leaning out to to be able to to move faster so that i can move uh better for the summer and then i'll do some stuff um in the fall time to prepare for strength training again so um I don't know if that answers your question, but one thing I'll add is is one thing that we have at the brand as a brand at the gym is um, is kind of four four pillars, and we say um, the first one is science. You know, everything that we do from a programming standpoint and from like a nutrition standpoint is going to be science based and movement based. Um, there's always going to be variety in our workouts, meaning you could be boxing, you could do mo- just uh, you could do heavy strength work and barbell work, you could do Hit training, like there's going to be a variety in the style of workout, right? Which keeps you guessing and fun and uh, it doesn't, it's not like you have to go in and do the same thing every day, which I think uh, could apply in golf as well in your practice. Like don't just sit on the driving range and hit seven irons over and over and over again. Um, The third is intensity. And so that is, you know, go hard and have fun, you know, get those results, get that like blood flow, get that adrenaline uh, running. And And the third thing is, is fun and community you know, having a group of people that you enjoy working out with, um, and having fun while you do it, you know, having a battle buddy to get through those tough workouts and things like that. And so I think those four things, um, you know, science-based, uh, variety, uh, community, um, and intensity, keep it, keep it pretty fresh, even though you might think, oh, it's just another workout. It's like, no, there's a lot more behind it. So,
1: yeah. So it's more than just like getting, you know, in golf, the golf version of results, just getting to a certain number um, totally. that like keeps you in it and then golf people actually, you don't talk about it enough um, yeah
0: i i just think i was like you Andy where i was very score based growing up um, i was always in pursuit of that number and then as i got to that it, the number got lower and lower um, but once i graduated college i started in a little bit in college but once i was no longer a consistently competitive golfer, like consistently playing in tournaments and whatnot, I tried to get the fun back in the game yeah. because I took it too seriously for a long time and I started to lose that that enjoyment and that fun. And I'd be playing around with like my my dad and my brother or a couple of my friends and like would get mad, find myself getting mad at a hole or at a score or whatever. And I'm like it's a beautiful day outside. I just played golf with my dad and and my brother or my friends for four and a half, five hours. Um, we're getting lunch together afterwards like that. This is a good day. Why am I letting this influence my mood for the rest of the day? So, and I think that goes both ways too. Like when you shoot a good round, like that shouldn't be like the only reason you had a good time was that you shot 78 or, or 88 or whatever you shot to, to break your number. Um, so I started thinking more about, like, shots that I hit as opposed to scores. Like, we all have, in any round you play, you have at least one shot that you can look back on and be like, oh, that was a pretty good shot or "Or it was a great shot. Um, and, like, I think you mentioned a couple weeks ago, Andy, like, you remember or I remember specific shots from the past more than I remember scores. Yes. Like, I can I can go back and look at. Every competitive round I played from late high school through college, and I can tell you the shots I hit still because I still think about them a lot. I can't necessarily tell you the scores, but I can tell you almost hole by hole the shots, and especially some of the good ones. Those those still um, hold a place in my mind quite, quite consistently, but... Um, to answer your question, I, I think if people can look at it that way and, and and remember good shots that they hit or good holes that they played as opposed to just like, oh, I, I shot that score that day, it might they might loosen up a little bit and then maybe that score will just come naturally without them kinda of constantly searching for it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I think there's something I think that there has there's has to be some reason to play golf other than I, I guess that's like the basic reasons that people give and I think it could be that hit like there's not really many feelings like hitting a really good shot. You know, I don't know, like another action that is like somewhat comparable to that. Like I've played basketball and can shoot threes pretty good, but like making a three is not the same as hitting an awesome shot. Um, and I, cause you think about like people, you ask people why they play golf, what they're, what they're there for. And it's like, well, it's it's like, I love the competition. Well, it's like, there's other, there's plenty of other ways to be competitive. Like you could, yeah. you could, play sudoku or something and you'd get have a score or you know i don't know or chess right and you yeah. have something to beat or checkers you could do that online you don't have to leave your house but there's some reason you leave your house and devote five hours to it other people are like well i just like being outside and it's like well you don't it's not like you're going on walks all the time like you, you don't really like being outside that much or you do it in other times like, or like I, I like being being around you know being with people and it's like well you could go out to dinner you could could do that like you could if if those were the reasons then like there's lots of ways that you could do them without actually all the time and you know frustration and commitment that that golf takes i think there's something about hitting a really good shot and and real if you can kind of realize that and like sit with it for a minute like before just dismissing it and be like well okay i'll go and focus on the, cause this is what happens and it happens to me and uh, I'm sure other people too is like, okay, I'll just try to focus on my good shots. Maybe I'll put a star next to the holes where I hit a really good shot but then it's like at the end, you're just still adding up your score and you're like mm-hmm. 74. Boy. It's like, like, like oh. Why didn't I have more stars? Yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and and so it it's, takes a little bit to like get through it. Um, I think kind of lately for me and it's like going to fewer clubs has made this made this easier to experience but I almost see golf as I don't know. It's like a journey or maybe like an adventure with myself every time I play where it's like, you're going to find something out about yourself and you're going to be challenged. Um, but also you're, you're like going to, I don't know, I guess like see what's out there. It's like a, un an unanswered question that you're going to answer. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's a, has been an interesting way to, to think of it as well. And, and if you do that, cause then you don't I've, I haven't complained about like course conditions in like four years, but you know, if if you're going for a number, it's like, ah, oh, the, the greens, they're bumpy. Yeah. It's like, well, like, okay. So like, that's not fine. Enough sand but, the not enough sand. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, um, but course if, if you aren't were there tour. to just kind of see, like if you were there for a different reason, those things wouldn't matter so much. And you would just like have a more valuable and memorable experience. Um, and so I don't, I, I think the reason I asked me about like results, like, I don't... Like, have you ever done yoga? hmm Yeah. Okay, I haven't. But I would imagine yoga is, like, the least results-based, like, thing to do, right? But there's something in it of, like, it's, like, meditative, and it's physical, and there's breath involved, and it's... Uh, I don't know. Calming people. Me. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. all of these things that are... And there's literally, like, no... There's no like result at the end of it, really. Yeah. I suppose there's and, some. And there's some, you know,
2: there's some uh, yogas that are more intense, like hot yoga, yeah. or or more advanced moves that yeah. take like a lot more balance yeah. and, and coordination to do. And so, you
1: know. And so, I guess I can't answer this because I haven't done yoga. But my picture of what yoga is is like: could is golf? Um, could golf be more like yoga than NFL football? Right. I don't know. What do yeah. you? Yeah, th- it's not <laughs> as
2: re- it. It could be uh, just as relaxing just mm-hmm. as enjoyable, just as intense as, yeah. like, a hot yoga session. But,
1: but it's not really for the results? Yeah, yeah exactly. Really about, did you like, really
2: get better today? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. so Which is completely fine. But did you enjoy it? Hell yeah, that was the best hot yoga session I've ever had. Awesome class, <laughs> great people, love the studio, love yeah. my coach, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, did you so enjoy the more... round of golf you had? No, the, the, the greens were
1: inconsistent uh-huh. and... uh I had an annoying blank. You know? <laughs> yeah, because like how bo- I am just like I am so bored of the answer of like it's like you you play golf yesterday. It's like yeah, eighty couldn't chip, and it's like okay, yeah. that's it. Like that's it. That's, that's a, and when he, you have that's all you took away from that's it. That's all. That's what you have to respond if number. And I'm not saying like never keep score because I still will keep score. But if that's like the the thing that you care about the most, it will color everything the way you see literally everything else and i think it makes golf not as exciting as it potentially could be um i remember you know when i first started kind of using the half set or whatnot every
2: round i played i uh, you know you, you would ask hey did you play this week i'd say yeah hey uh played nine or maybe during the summer hey played nine with the kids played a full nine with just a seven never done that before it's pretty cool that'd be the same thing as going to yoga class hey i just nailed this new move never done it before it's pretty awesome mm-hmm but it's like you always go to your yoga class or I'm always working playing nine holes with the summer kids, so
0: yeah, I think if golf was more of a um an art form for some people, I know that's a common cliche in in golf, like paint the picture and whatnot, but like if you can look at it that way and like hitting a a shot, that's why shots are so memorable, I think yeah. is because I can when I think of back of good shots that I've hit in the past, i can like. Literally paint the picture in my head of where Absolutely. I was, what hole, where's the, the wind coming from, what's the weather like, uh, where was the pin, kind of what was the shot shape and all that stuff. And that's why that's so much more memorable because it's a picture in your head. A number is just a number. Mm-hmm. You've shot seventy four hundred times, but it's just a number. Mm-hmm. Like the picture or the shot itself, you can tell a story about it. It's like making a hole-in-one. Like you can tell the story of your first hole-in-one if you have one because it's like it's a memorable shot. You can tell what club you hit. You can tell what ball you hit. You can tell like where the pin was, what kind of shot you hit, all that stuff. If people were looked at it more like that, like you were, I'm I'm artistic in my head because I I like to draw. I like to play guitar. So I equate golf with those two activities because it's very similar. Um, I feel like I, you, and especially with the half set, you have to be more creative and more artistic with shots. You have to shape them a little bit more than you normally would with a full set. So in a perfect world, if people could think that way, I think golf would be more fun.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think the way you approach it or the way you play golf says a lot about who you are, or like could be like a way to express who you are um, as well. Even if, and we keep coming back to using less clubs, like even if you want to still use a full set of clubs as you know, 99% of people do um, there, I think there's still ways to approach the game and approach how you hit shots and, Think your way through the course, and you know whatever it is that could still be of you know a more valuable way to do it, other than just like I'm allowed 14 clubs because that's the maximum. If I was allowed 20 clubs, I would use all 20 <laughs> clubs, um, just because that's the rules, and and that's going to give me the best the best chance out there. Um, you know, from my experience, like I've played better golf with less clubs. I have a weird way of thinking things I acknowledge that people shouldn't necessarily (laughs) Copy my way of doing it It wouldn't work for everyone But I think more people should Try to find their own uh, Yeah I don't know way of going about it Like back to where we started Like Bryson and Lee Westwood have very like Distinct ways of going about this Bryson is like calculating Everything down in his caddy Like downhill lie Like the wind Like this is like a 58% nine iron nine, you know whatever mm-hmm. uh he's measuring the length of his putting stroke based on the distance it's like very um very calculated but it's like it's very unique to who he is whereas like lee westwood has his fiance on the bag and does all of his own reads and yardages and stuff and he's doing just as well and i think that's really cool to to see that and yeah. it's cool what's your, what's your um like what's the the formula yeah right? find mm-hmm. your yeah. formula yeah and and b- and find a formula that's better than just like i'm down in the fairway i'll use my rangefinder 150 yards okay nine iron and just like go like a robot through Mm -hmm. the game and it's like oh i either had it today or i didn't and it's like Mm -hmm. that is that's kind of where the story ends up when it's just about a number it's like well it was a good day or it was a bad day and it's Mm -hmm. like only one or the other very i guess judgmental as opposed to to kind of like curious of like well what like what did you actually enjoy about it like what what stuck with you? what was hard for you to do what Is there anything you would hope to you know do better on next time? are are you disappointed in the way you handled anything? um I think all of those are more interesting and valuable questions to ask about anything um for sure as you were talking about like the artistic um you know side of it and
2: whatnot i was I was kind of thinking of like, yeah, you can write your score down at the end of the day, but what if you could like zoom in? and that score is made of pictures from mm-hmm. the rounds, you know? And I'm just thinking, like, it'd be cool to have a collage of photos that you could, you know, like... And I, and I think this would actually be, like, a really cool, like, project to do is, like, um you know, I could do this from, like, my last Sand Valley trip with my dad, mm-hmm. like, go print out all of those photos and then put them in a collage that makes up the number mm-hmm. 70, which is, like, the score I shot on one of the rounds, sure. right? Mm-hmm. And it'd be like... Okay, like, from a distance, yes, I shot 70. Awesome. It was a cool trip. But as I get closer, I have these these great pictures and memories and things that made up that huh. score. And you as know? you keep
1: zooming in, you and can't you even see the in, number do- anymore. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. But it's, wow. you know,
2: it's behind the curtain, yeah. right, of what the score is. I think that'd be, like, yeah. cool if we could, like, all do that,
0: like... Wow, you know. The number doesn't begin to tell the story exactly. at all. Exactly. I mean, how many exactly. times you hear somebody say, I shot 75? Okay, well, what happened? Like, what course are you playing? Exactly. What tees? Like, all this stuff, the information that you don't have on the surface, so you just have this number. It's very... Uh, um, it's, there's not enough details, mm, yeah. not enough information. And oh. you, you know, you hear
2: people say there's no pictures on the scorecard. Well, I think we could change there that. Could
1: yeah. Wow. Well, I'm really kind of inspired and pumped up by that idea, so... Homework. I love it. There we Loves. go.
2: That could be our homework. Yeah. You know, arts and crafts. Exactly.
1: It's, it's a really cool thing to think about. Okay. Um. I want to end with that. I just want people to leave with that image cool. in their mind. So, okay. guys, thanks. Clean See nice you Tuesday. I hit it again because that shot was a defining moment. And when a defining moment comes along, you define the moment. Or the moment defines you. Well, here it comes.
2: Oh, my
1: goodness.